0: To the official Substack podcast of Brandon Ritchie. Today, as you guys know, if you've tuned in for the first time, this is a podcast that serves as a map to help you to be a zenith during chaotic times. All the guests that I have on this show are guys, girls, individuals that are just that. They work to be a zenith during these chaotic times that we're living in. And today I've got a guest that you guys are going to appreciate, I believe. This is a gentleman that I've, I've known for a few years, and he is a uh, competing athlete. He's an entrepreneur, an MMA, former MMA fighter. He's a competing golfer, a very good one. And I'm sure he won't mind me telling you this, but he's been able to uh, overcome a lot of things. And one of those was uh, him doing all of this with the loss of his leg. And uh, Shea Taylor... Uh, this is a a tremendous opportunity for us to kind of tap into uh, the mindset that you've had and how you approach life and what we can do as well as investigating and, and examining some of what's going on in our society today shay welcome to the show brother man why don't you tell us a little bit about tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what your business is and what you're doing right now and get in touch on the golf stuff too man i really like that how's it going
1: Doing great, man. Thank you for having me, and um, appreciate you uh, bringing me on to share some thoughts and honored to, to, to be part of what you're achieving here in the, the podcast realm and transitioning and adding to what you uh, do in the health fit and fitness world. So um, uh, with that, I guess the uh, real quick way to introduce me is I uh, grew up in eastern Kentucky, one of uh, six boys in a two-bedroom house on a dairy farm, so uh, kind of grew up working uh, and understand what a hard work ethic was that transitioned all the way through athletics in college and baseball and then uh getting into mma and fighting for you know almost 10 years uh, uh all two of those three of those after having lost my uh, left leg in a motorcycle accident and then wow. since then have transitioned into adaptive golf and currently i am fifth in the united states 13th in the world as a ranked adaptive golfer so still got some uh, growth to do there and working on that as well. But, uh, um, guess with all that being said, and then, um, you know, I, I, thirst for knowledge. So everything that we're going to talk about today kind of, uh, adds to growing up that way to where trying to learn stuff to, uh, to equip yourself, to be better, uh, to serve the world as well as to be effective in what you're trying to achieve.
0: Absolutely, man. Dang. That's, uh, that's incredible. Like, uh, so that, when you uh, can you tell the audience a little bit, expand on that. What, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what you know the loss of a limb? I mean, that's got to be a tremendously traumatic situation, uh, and for you to be able to uh, face that head on and and, and and to to be able to kind of accelerate really into the realm that you are now. What sort of mental gymnastics did you go through with that? That must have been quite a uh, psychological. Feet? Did you uh, just take it day by day? Did you did? It, how did that impact you mentally uh, when that happened?
1: Well, so I had the accident July eighth of twenty ten. I was in ICU for fifteen days, um, and those fifteen days were really crucial uh, for me to kind of put a grasp on everything. So I went through I was the surgeries while I was in the hospital there. Sorry, ten surgeries while I was in the hospital there. Then uh, a couple after, so I went through a total of twelve surgeries. But, um, it was a six month process of me, uh, letting the leg heal, then starting therapy and then in therapy, realizing that I was never going to be as active as I once was. So then back to, you know, talking about knowledge and thirsting for knowledge, started doing research on prosthetics, met with a company, they educated me on what I could uh, potentially achieve having gone through amputation. So, um, I kind of had a aha moment, uh, Halloween night of 2010 where, you know, I was, you know, faith's a big deal for me. So God kind of gave me an, an opportunity to see something that opened my eyes to um, pursue that. And then I ended up calling my ortho surgeon, had a conversation with him on that following Tuesday, uh, and his exact words were, we knew you were going to come to this decision, but we didn't know you were going to come to this decision this quickly. So uh, December 7th of 2010 ended up having the amputation. So we're going on, this year will be 12 years. So I cut it off six days before my uh, birthday so I, I could go into a new year as a new new person and then you know face those battles and go after it. But through all of that, um, the ability to wrap your head around what social norms would tell you being an amputee or handicapped looks like and what your, the expectations of what you can achieve and what you can't achieve are, um, are, are comical because, uh, I mean, I, I'm a humble person and I, like I told you a minute ago, I really hate talking about myself. But having since gone through amputation, I became the first licensed uh, MMA fighter ever in the world to fight with a prosthetic leg. I'm a world-ranked adaptive golfer. I won the 2021 Muscle and Fitness, uh, Mr. Health and Fitness. So it was in the four-page spread in their magazine. So literally, there's nothing that I haven't achieved physically um, because people told you you couldn't.
0: Right, right. And i got to tell I I can attest firsthand, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, when Shay was getting prepared for that MMA fight. Uh, I had the luxury of doing some uh, clinch sparring with him, and trust me, uh, it I, it was it was all I could do to 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 stay on both of my feet. So it was a quite a challenge. He's quite a quite a bull in the ring, and 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 I'm going to tell you something else. Like the the golfing aspect of that too is. Has has that opened up doors to you know in your life in terms of how you reach people, you know them seeing how how well you perform with that? Do you do you kind of uh, uh, connect with that community too with the adaptive community on on that? Do do you do you meet with them? Do you speak with those people a lot on that and and kind of talk to them about your experience as well?
1: I do. Um, it's cool because you have. I was very blessed that I had MMA to get me back, pun intended, I guess, on my feet to start training and have a goal to get back to being active. And then uh, transitioning into golf was just kind of a business thing. So I I started playing golf pretty hardcore because all my clients needed to play golf. And then once I wasn't very successful at it, it became a motivator to me to really practice to Mm -hmm. to become good. And then um, it just become kind of assessed over that. But with that, you have people that have traumatic uh, issues with a car wreck, and they they lose their limb, but they didn't have an athletic background or mm. um, you know things that, that stroke victims, just things where people didn't have something to go to that gave them, I guess you'd say, life or a reason for living or whatever else. So now these these kids and uh, young young adults come to golf uh, adaptive golf clinics, and they become hooked just like I did. But this is now their focus and mission, and it gives them value to life and it's really cool to watch somebody come out that's super intimidated and scared mm-hmm. watch them grow and then uh over time obviously but it's uh it's, it's really beautiful to watch that and then now since um, this is the first year that they had the the u.s open for adaptive golf up at pinehurst um so adaptive golf has gotten a ton of media publicity that we never gotten before so now people are opening it up and coming to the sport that they didn't know existed oh. and then also it's like you know, anything else when you got somebody that works out in the gym you know always I, I love the heavy set people that go to the gym they they know they know that in their head they're getting looked at or getting they, they they have all this negative connotation about going to the gym but they're in there and they're they're busting their tails they're trying to make a difference in their life something's yeah. happened to lose weight get better and those stories are, are amazing it's no different than that but in the adopt adaptive golf world so you're seeing a lot of uh, of people come out now and, and, and participate.
0: Man, that's phenomenal, and I, I want to t- touch on something else here too. So, and this is going to segue into really the mi- uh, uh, the mindset because I'm real interested in that. And I, I think the audience here will 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 be interested in, in getting into this a little bit. But I, 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 and I think you would see this in in today's society. Um, you see a lot of people that are being groups of people being segregated based on. Um, Kind of like a victim mindset, you know, and you see this, and people are being told they're not good enough, and because they're not good enough, uh, society owes them a a certain deed or, or or owes them a certain payoff or whatever it may be, and that they're told this, and 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 I think that a lot of people they don't really think. Maybe they never thought of themselves as a victim, but the message is out there for them to be a victim. What is your take on that being that you've gone through what you've been through uh, with that injury? And, and, and like, how would you com- combat that? What message would you give those people that maybe, hey, maybe one day they're thinking, hey, you know, I'm, I can uh, I'm, you know, I'm pretty, I see myself as a pretty normal guy or girl, but all of a sudden these groups are out there telling me, Hey, I can't do this because I'm from this neighborhood or uh, I have a certain, uh, so, uh, economic background that I'm from that I'm not good enough that I can't do it. Or maybe it's just because of my race or my religion or whatever it may be. What is your message to, to those people? If, if they're, tuning in and, and and how you overcame something and about that mindset or about a not falling trap to that victim mindset
1: so um that's a great question and, and that is a very prominent thing in today's society for sure uh when i when i had the amputation um you're without a prosthetic for four weeks you got to let the, the leg heal the sutures heal and and then there's all this fluid stuff you got to get Drained out, and there's just there's all kinds of things that go with that. So, for four weeks, I'm on crutches. Well, you're crutching around with no leg. I mean, it's 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 incredibly awkward and humbling in the same sense. So you go from being this alpha alpha athlete to now you're on crutches. Mm. It's just, I mean, I can't really explain it. I mean, it's dangling your leg when it never touches the ground, kind of thing. So it's, it's it was really really awkward. But again. You have to figure out how to deal with it. So what I would do is around 11 o'clock midnight, I would go to Walmart and I would crutch around Walmart and just see how people looked at me because I knew I was going to get looked at. So in my head, I had to develop this mechanism of saying, all right, they're not looking at you out of sympathy or empathy. They're looking at you like you're a badass. So I kept developing this in my head, being like, hey, they're respecting what you're doing, just like you sure. respect that, that large person in the gym. They respect, 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 respect. So even if that's true or not, in my head, I developed that as that's how they were looking at me. Then I get fit for a prosthetic. So I took that same mindset into therapy and the you know the work ethic that I grew up with, and I, I had goals. So my first goal, I got fit January 13th of, of 2011. My first goal was by the end of February to be walking without a limp because a lot of my clients had no idea that I, they knew I had been in a motorcycle wreck. They had no idea that I had, had had an amputation. So when I went to go see my clients, I wanted to walk without with a gait that didn't show that I had something wrong.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Because I was ashamed of it. The world would tell you I was. I mean, I looked at it as it was. I was inferior as well. So my first goal was to do that, and then the second goal was to uh, go in front of the fight board and say, "Hey." You know, I want to see if I can compete again. I may not be able to, but I need you guys to allow the, the door to be open for me to go after this. And I had coaches that were willing to to put time and effort into me, not knowing if I was ever going to compete again. And um, actually, it's funny. I played golf with Jeff Bedard yesterday, and I hadn't seen him in probably 10 years. But he was one of the guys that encouraged me to come back and start rock and roll and what we could do. Then after that, I figured out I could do it. Going in front of the fight boards, like, "Hey, we'll see if we can fight again." Well, there's all this other stuff that goes into play with that. So, where I, that, thats a long story to go to a quote um, about victims. So, my philosophy is, and it, it may sound like part of my language, me being a dick, but if I wouldn't come to you for advice, then I give three shits about your opinion. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens in society. You get wrapped up in what the internet tells you that's beautiful. You look at Instagram, all the filters. Those people don't look anything like they like on Instagram what they do in person. Sure, sure. A false belief of what beauty is. is false belief of what strength is. false belief of what success is. Um, all that crap brainwashes people. And then that's where those victim mentalities, they sit there and say, I'm, I'm inferior. I can't do this. I can't achieve this. I can't. It's all the can'ts, 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 can'ts right. build up. So you're telling yourself, you know, like Henry Ford always said um, – Either you tell yourself you can or you can't. You're right, so that's mm-hmm. that's right in society. And and there's never a can't mentality with me. I'm going to try. I've failed several things, but I'm going to figure it out and then mm-hmm. rock and roll and keep moving forward.
0: That's a, no. That's a great. That's I like that. I love the um, that part where you said you know look uh, you 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 compartmentalize that you internalized how you explained internalizing that. The way people were looking at you, I think that's a uh, that's a mechanism, uh, an internal mechanism to build on. And I think that's the thing people are missing is that internal mechanism. I think every, maybe that's the, some, the thing right there. People need to find an internal. They need to look within instead of looking outward. You're 100%. you're talking about social media. That's all looking outward, right? So internal mechanisms. That's what makes. That's what makes the world go round you know I, I really like that that's a great point um, fantastic point uh, what so you know what what would you say right now with that is the biggest problem beyond social media beyond the media with with this messaging that's going into our society that gets these kids, to look outward, what do you think's the biggest problem with that? Do you think it's um, do you think it's more related to education, to upbringing, to what what do you think it is? What do you think's the root cause of it?
1: So, like when we were growing up, you look at athletes, the athletes that were brazen and vocal and look at me and you know point at the name on their back of their jersey, look what I did, look what I accomplished. Those those athletes were shunned. Like those athletes, you didn't want them on your team. You didn't want them being toxic in the in the locker room. You didn't want those people bringing down the morale and the, the team camaraderie. And today, those athletes are celebrated. So now you're seeing kids watching. And I, I'm I'll be honest. I'm not a fan of Ronald Lacuna. I can't stand mm-hmm. anybody who's all about me. But then when they're failing and going through slumps or whatever, it's all about somebody else. It's always a deflection mentality. It's always this or whatever else. So you see these these generations, and I'm, I'm I'm talking about athletes watching or kids watching athletes and then they get glorified and now you look at the the social media videos or tiktoks of kids that are seven eight years old they they have intro music coming in to play t-ball and they're dancing and doing all this other stuff like it's a that's a very self-absorbed situation and then when life punches you in the face and it's not all you know milk and cookies sure. you don't have backbone and ability to fight through that because you've never faced adversity it's always been little johnny it's not your fault little jimmy it's not your fault little susie is not your fault versus like my dad told us yesterday i'm 12 years old i'm pitching in our little league championship it's the first time that any team had gone undefeated through the regular season and into the into the playoffs and we're in the championship game and i'm getting absolutely rocked i throw my glove down i sit down on the mound and here i am. if this happened today my dad would be arrested he yeah. comes he's the coach he comes out of the dugout lifts me up by my shirt says some profane things in my face it pretty much says you're not coming out of the game you're going to finish it i don't give you give up 100 runs and then he goes back pull my hat down finish the business we win the championship and those are the kind of things that doesn't do not happen in today's society
0: yeah there's not enough of that there's not enough of the tough love everybody wants a safe space you know a safe space to go to um and that's the thing too you know it's it's so these problems they, they they root into society and I and they manifest in I think in schools I think it starts in the home. So with you know example that was your father. So that's you know more in the home, right? But I think it starts there. But then it that you obviously but, got the good.
1: Got to tell another story then. I had a, then this is back to that. So I had a coach in eighth grade, um, basketball coach. Uh, so we're having a practice. It's a snow day. I am playing god awful i was the point guard and the coach tells me he goes you got to get your head out of your ass and i'm i'm like okay i can't wait to tell dad this dad's going to take care of this so practice is over get in the truck i go dad you can't believe what coach coger said today so i tell him and dad well did you get your head out of your ass that kind of stuff right there external influences as well as being supported at home versus today if somebody says that they go home and the dad's yelling at the coach, and that is sets a horrible precedent for the kid.
0: It does, it does, and that's that's on that parent too, you (laughs) know. So it it's rooted into that parent somewhere prior. So they learned it. Again,
1: they face no accountability through life. And what's funny is, and it takes time to develop this. I turned forty this year, but I I don't care if I hurt your feelings if I'm telling you the facts. Right now, if. Difference if I'm being malicious and, and and coming at something from a different angle, but if I'm telling you the facts and we're competing, you're not going to beat me because you can't beat me because I won't quit. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference in today's society versus, or I guess, today's society, my mentality versus a lot of mentality, and and I can't relate to that victim mentality. I mean, I just literally cannot have a conversation with it.
0: Right, right, and that's the thing too. You know, I think it's people don't understand. A lot of how society works, or even how it comes to be, how he, how it came to exist. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't Wi-Fi, internet, and 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 social media, and and uh, cars, and any of that in the beginning. In the beginning, it was rugged boots on the ground, blood, sweat, and pure grit that built this country. You know, that's the thing I I tell people. I always remind people, look, we look at things. Here's how I always tell people I know when they don't have an understanding of history is when they don't understand the zeitgeist. Because if you understand zeitgeist, you know the norm of the times. You have to look at it in the norm of the times. The problem is a lot of people look at history from our current times, and they judge history based on the way we live now. And that's not a accurate depiction of how things actually are, you know?
1: You're seeing history being attacked, history trying to be erased to where the people, kids nowadays don't have access to what you're talking about. And understanding where we came from, understanding how we got to where we're at, understanding what created what we have today. And still those foundational principles, the grit, the work ethic and everything else, still apply in to today's society. Those were the most successful people and that competition pool is very limited and small.
0: Right. Right. And it's and it's just the understanding of, you know, they have people today in in this modern society, they have the ability to live a bohemian lifestyle because of all the sacrifice that took place before them. And they take that for granted, you know, they're not that's not communicated either. And and, and because that's not communicated, there's no appreciation for it. It's taken for well, granted.
1: And, and that's very true, but that's not sustainable. So what ends up happening is, once again, that is lost. Those people don't have the understanding and foundational principles and work ethic to rebuild it back, right? Right. So now, what the they're old saying, "There's blood on the street, make money." is true. When all those those things collapse, it allows for people that understand things to go in and grow their wealth and grow. So it's by their own lacking of knowledge and understanding that ends up being a huge detriment to them in whatever endeavor they choose to go after.
0: Yeah, no, that's very true. I'm going to switch gears a little bit, get your opinion on something. Are you familiar with transhumanism?
1: I am. Um, there's So on Steve Bannon's show, I know there's a guy that comes on and talks about it, and you know we're talking about the, the metaverse and, and everything else associated with that. I, I'm not entrenched in that um, because I'm entrenched by some other things associated with the, the geopolitical world. But uh, I do fear that being something that's very prevalent and upcoming.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, the way, kind of the, the angle, the angle of concern, I guess, for a better way of putting it is, uh, I've seen where they talk about transhumanism and how they'll use, uh, let's say, for instance, a situation like yours, you know, where they'll they'll come up with some bionic limb or chip or something. Very futuristic, like you would see in Star Wars, right? (laughs) Remember when Luke got his hand cut off by Vader? You know, he he gets the robotic hand. It's real cool to see in the movie. But they use it, kind of use altruistic kind of motives to introduce it. But then that's not the end of it. That's only the beginning. That's just opening the door to a lot of other things. What do you, do you see that as something in terms of the adaptive world? Has that been tossed around at all in your, you know, in the adaptive world? Uh, have you, have you come across any of that or have heard anything about that? I'm just curious.
1: Um, no, there's a couple things. So one, I'll go back to, you're talking about like star Wars and, and cinema um, and then transhumanism tying into that. So uh, I'm a firm believer over the last five years, having learned this over the last five years, that cinema is telling us a story of things that we think are unfathomable and unbelievable that <laughs> they're telling us. So like Avatar, right? So now we've had Avatar come out 10, 12 years ago, and here we are talking about transhumanism uh, being a reality. Yeah. So they, they they preempt a lot of things in movies and in cinema that are coming to kind of condition – people and, and what's happening so uh and like, oh i've seen this before deja vu type situation there's nothing to worry about so there's it they doesn't set off the alarm bells but that's a whole different story back to the adaptive stuff um there no is the answer to that but they have progressed in different technologies for prostheses meaning embedded literally they've taken pylons drilled them into the bone and it comes out of the skin. Skin hills around the the pylon, and then you tie a foot, or you click a foot onto your leg. So you're not actually putting a prosthetic leg on every day. You're just clicking a foot and going. Um, I've seen a few of those. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of it because of the if the infection rate happens, opportunities where stuff wow. gets injured, you have to get a, a higher leg cut or or something else. But um, I've seen them, I mean, that's that's kind of revolutionary. That's the next. That's the, I guess that's the most revolutionary technology I've seen so far since I've been an amputee. But as far as the um, the other stuff in regard to regrowing lambs and everything else, I've heard of med beds and all this other stuff that's out there that potentially the, the government has that can be used. But nothing I've seen.
0: Man, that is crazy! I didn't even realize that the got a Harley. Yeah, that's uh, man. That sounds like something out of a out of a sci fi movie for sure. I mean, that's <laughs> that's that's wild, man. Well, what? So like uh you know what what is your thought on that like in terms of um you know society like do you see do you see that becoming because this seems like a to me this seems like a a real potential problem long term looking ahead, looking downrange, how this basically manifests and grows and evolves, you know, ten, twenty, fifty years from now. Do you think it's something yeah. where where there's going to be, a, you know, a day of reckoning where people are going to have to, you know, make the choice? Say, hey, do I want chips in my body? Do I want my body uh, enhanced? Do I want to become?
1: I I think the day of reckoning is much 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 quicker than that. Yeah, the day of reckoning is where all that stuff stops. But before we get to the point of no return, and I think we're on that cusp, so. Uh, without getting into anything crazy, conspiracy theorist or whatever, I just I think that things are going to happen within the year that either tells us what we can expect in the future, or if we're going to go back to the norms of American pride, patriotism, hard work, changing uh, back to teaching curriculum that is history based, not you know race based and mm-hmm. CRT and everything else. But I think that that. Precipice and that crossroads is is upon
0: us. And I think you're right. I think this is what uh, you're seeing is this um, this collapse of this global what do they call it the post-war uh, liberal rules based order that's collapsing, yep. and then in its place you have the ascension of populism,
1: Marxism, socialism, and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Po-
0: populism is coming up now as populism descended this populist yep. movement. As you always hear. Uh, the guys like Tim Pool and Bannon, all those guys, Jack Pasovic. You always hear them talk about it. It's interesting how how this shift and this dynamic is taking place because you can see. I always tell people, you know, you you got to be able to see with your own eyes what's happening in front of you, you know. And we see supply but, chain shortages.
1: Though you got to want to see it. I mean, there's so many people that just don't want to,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: A drug addict, a drug addict, got to want to get help to be helped. But why do these people just start blind and they tell me, tell me what I need to do. Lop it up. You, you tell me what I need to be.
0: Right. Right. And that, I think that goes back to that internal mechanism you were talking about. Yep. And uh, that's something, and this has gone back, you know, this goes back as far as, you know, Aristotle and Plato, the differences in life philosophy in terms of the way people view life or the way they are. I think some people tend to be more, more rational thinking uh they use their brain you know they tend to think more and then other groups of people tend to be more emotionally chart more more emotionally uh if you want to call it that way emotionally reactive
1: yep so i'm a firm believer that you know god gave us the ability to have intuition and gut feelings and gut feelings are real so when something doesn't sit right or it seems off that's your trigger to go research it to go figure it out say all right well hold on a second, I got questions on this. Not, uh, you know, I feel weird about this, but okay, they said it, let's go r- run with it. Right. And, uh, you know, that, that ability to, one, read and gain knowledge is, you know, knowledge is the most uh, amazing currency you can have. Mm-hmm. So, anybody can take it from you other than Alzheimer's or something else. But, you know, with all that being said, like, you got to want to grow and learn. You got to want to thirst for those things to, to, to be. And then, like I said, not be, A spreader of misinformation, but being an informer of true information. So when somebody does, they say something like, "Oh no, actually, have you heard this or read this or whatever else" to get somebody else to critically think.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's a good point too. I like what you said there about the drug addict or the alcoholic comparison. If someone has that problem, they have to want to get better. And the thing is, I guess you got to sometimes you always hear about those people also have to hit a lot of them have to hit rock bottom before they will seek treatment. You know, the problem is it's- in a societal situation, <laughs> if you hit rock bottom as a society, it's too late. You know, that's, that's really the pro the crux of it, you know,
1: you're hundred percent right. And we're quickly getting there.
0: Yeah. And, and the thing is, I think this is, you know, this is one of the reasons why, you know, you see, you hear a lot of this and, and, and and you're seeing, I think now, thankfully, thankfully, between the media. I mean, look, I'm just a small pebble on a on a beach full of sand right now, you know. But but there are alter- alternative media platforms like this one. We spoke about yeah. some of them off camera or off uh, audio, but uh, before the show. But but uh, that do you see that? Do you see the shift? What do you think? Legacy media, the mainstream media. Do you think that's something that's going to just Fade, fade out and they just kind of go away and we go to all these streaming services or where do you see so, that playing out?
1: I think that's cool because um, you're seeing a lot of, like you mentioned the the digital soldiers as, as general Flynn calls them. And then the alternative media and people that have gone out and done research and, and gained articles to, to present to us to where we we've seen it. And Devin Nunez mentioned yesterday on a, a steak for breakfast with cash Patel they spoke. He is. He goes in a, in a two-minute span. Here we spoke about four stories. That if true social or if these alternative sites didn't exist, they wouldn't ever see the light of day because of big media, big tech, and everybody else squashing them. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing all this stuff come out that we've never that has been going on for years that we've never been exposed to because of of legacy media and everything else. The fun part about all this, and I use X twenty two and Steve Bannon for example, both of those podcasts. Have more views or or listens than CNN and mainstream media, and they have—they're operating on a budget of nothing, and it's hilarious watch because they're showing you how we, uh, uh, as the people, have lost the ability to trust legacy media. Mm -hmm. I think they said we're like 75% think that media, uh, legacy media, is bad, and they've turned to alternative sources of getting information, and that's why you're seeing a crackdown or a potential try-crackdown from the government on attacking Project Veritas, attacking these people uh, c- uh, going through the court system because they try to drain their funds to mm-hmm. keep them from being able to produce information that that debunks their narrative. Um, yeah. But it's up to us to support these people financially, uh, via, via listens and everything else, to truly make a change in what we're trying to achieve as a society and get real information.
0: And this is exactly, and this is what you're talking about is, uh, you know, fifth generation warfare, you know, it's economic and information warfare. You know, I yeah. tell people we are in, we're in a war right now. This is oh. warfare, you know, and this is exactly how you combat it. I mean, this is uh, the alignment you're talking about is a, is just is a tremendous thing. I mean, it is, but it, it is taking place where, you know, it, it It's manifesting itself differently. Typically, people think of kinetic war. When you hear kinetic war, bombs, boots, tanks. But this is uh, economic information, psychological warfare. You know, it's a lot of that going on. So this is, you're right, that's a a definite uh, battle. I see that also growing with these alternative platforms. And you're right, it is up to us to share this information and, and to get it out to each other and to back each other I think this is a, a you know a tremendous opportunity in terms of society and the way we landscape media across the board how we get information to people um, is another thing that that's a that's you know that that kind of insight something I think people don't think enough about is is you know how important this is just how no, important its,
1: the, it's- Again, we're at that crossroads to where if these digital warriors slash alternative media sites get squashed and it, the control goes back fully to of the narrative, to the mainstream media, we're never going to see anything. We're never going to have the opportunity to, to be exposed to what's truly going on. And the, again, the, the investigative journalist doesn't exist anymore. Um, that's why on, on mainstream media, that's why these legacy media or these um, alternative uh, outlets – are so successful because they're truly digging in and getting information and presenting it to us. And we're like, Whoa, I mean, how is, how is this happening? And then like, next thing you know, you got the Durham trials coming up in October, you get the next Supreme court uh, ruling coming out in October via the elections. There's so much stuff that's coming out the Hunter Biden laptop, all that stuff we would never hear about through mainstream media, had it not be for these other alternative uh, people.
0: You know, and I think this goes back and I've quoted this several times and, um, uh, the, the thing that really got cut to the heart of this when I was pondering that shared with you, you know, after the onset of the so-called pandemic and yeah. I saw it was my, my concern was not it wasn't the, the sickness itself. It was society's reaction to it. That was the concern for me. And and when I heard the quote by the great the late great Andrew Breitbart, where he said, uh, you know, uh, politics is downstream from culture. And that cuts at the heart of it because that means however you influence the culture, good or bad, you get the desired political outcome, right? Yeah. And that really cut to the heart of it. And I heard that quote uh, actually first through Steve, I heard Steve Bannon mention it and I know he was friends with Breitbart. They, they worked to build Breitbart news, but I'd heard that quote and it really cut to the heart for me. That's what really motivated me. And you're really hitting on all cylinders with that. Here and I think this is I think a big lesson. I think this the spreading of this and, and getting influencing people to spread these alternative media sources is a real huge uh, asset to, to 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 getting back our freedoms. Don't you think?
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent. The 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 messed up part about what we're experiencing right now is, um, you know, but we kind of talked about this off audio is that. When the pandemic happened, is how many people were so submissive to what they were being told to do, right? The the masking, the aisles, walking up and down the aisles, you know, alternate ways or whatever, and the (laughs) doors or whatever else, and you know, just being. And then now the vaccinations came out and everything else. Like it was just amazing how people just flocked to what they were told to do. But now what we're seeing is that had to happen for us to, for a lot of people to wake up to see what we've seen for years where we were the crazy ones. Now we're the truth tellers and everything we've prophesied or conspiracy theorized or whatever else has now become fact. And people are like, Oh, I heard about that. You told us that, wow, this is crazy. And then it's only getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, but there's other stuff that's going to come out. That's going to rock the world that had it not been for this awakening, nobody would believe what's going to come out. So, um,
0: I agree with I th- that. I agree with I th- that.
1: I think we're in a, a great position, uh, of the movement as far as people waking up but I don't think we're anywhere near where we need to be but that's going to have to happen pretty fast
0: well and I agree with that a hundred percent I which which is exactly why it's even more so important that we continue to influence others to to, to make the transition to these alternative uh, media sources uh, I think but that's I,
1: well that there's some people that are just un, untouchable like you can't they're so far gone that you just—I mm-hmm. don't even waste my time in having conversation. If somebody is questioning stuff, then you can engage in that. But I mean, somebody is just a die-hard, s- certain thinker. I mean, whether you're right or left, it doesn't matter. If you're convicted in those thoughts yeah. and you're not open to hearing other stuff, it, you're never going to be—you're—you you, can't be influenced at all. So I use understanding what that group is and not wasting your time or, or causing issues with people that are going to combat you. Um, now I'm all about debate. As long as it's a healthy debate and you can talk about facts and not emotion and and remove all of that, I'm all about it. But when people start getting emotional in conversation, you can't you can't have a conversation with that.
0: Yeah, I think it it, it is. It, it, it's interesting. I tell people, yeah, you you can have we can have a discussion and and we can even have a debate, but a discussion doesn't have to be a debate uh, if you're able to be open minded. Um, I think that some people misconstrue that when people say too. You know, I have one person tell me about they they like certain media sources, even if they don't agree with what the person's saying because they don't come at it from a judgmental standpoint. Well, my question to them was, well, who (laughs) – judgmental, that's subjective. That's your own personal subjective, you know, take on what is judgmental, right? (laughs) Right? So there's a balance –
1: and my response to that would be and that tells me all
0: I need to know yeah yeah it's just it, it is it, it's interesting because I, I tell people all the time look you have to be able to listen my my thing is I agree with that 100 percent about those that are lost um but I also believe there's a lot of people that just are, are just ignorant they just don't know you know they just believe it or not they're they're out there I mean I I run into them all the time you know uh but no, one of so
1: that's back to those I was talking about earlier about you know, using a drug uh, addict or alcohol anatomy or analogy. They don't listen to anything. Like they don't listen to any news, any news. They don't list, read any paper. They don't get any information. They just go with what they're being told by other people and they don't care. Or they're like, Oh, it's going to be, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter is why we are where we are. That right. statement is why my vote doesn't count. I can't make a change. I'm only one person. I'm this, I'm that. That's why we got so complacent. And that's exactly why we are where we are.
0: I agree with that. I think that's the thing about agency. You know, you have to always say, you got to believe you have agency, you have the ability to affect change and you just can choose whether or not to affect that change, you know? And, and and so it's really that simple and that boils down to the individual part of it. And that's what we were founded on. That was a whole point. And it's not just America. This is a, a global movement. I think, you know, there's a lot of uh, people that just want that individual freedom all over the world. And they're seeing this as well. I get messages from them all the time, from Australia, from Germany, you know, you name it, you know, all over the world. And it's something I think it is awakening the world. And it's a, it's an interesting time that we're living in, you know.
1: So I know we're going to wrap this up in a minute, but with that being, we as the United States were the beacon of freedom for forever, right? You take the Australia other countries, their freedoms have been slowly taken away over time, over time, over time, over time. And this pandemic was kind of the breaking point of we're tired of this. See, this has got introduced to us. We're new to this freedoms being suspended and freedoms being taken and freedoms being... Uh, restricted in the United States, but the rest of the world has been fighting this for years. Sure. And now this was kind of the, and we're seeing through them what's going to happen here in regard to not, not it's all peaceful protest, but it's for us to stand up. And we're for once in our life, once in a generation here in the United States, we're going to be following other countries leads on the situation. So we, and we already are Italy. I mean, you look at all these governments being overturned, uh, Britain, and now Australia, New Zealand, all these people that are tyrannical uh, leaders that are being taken out of, of power because their people have been suppressed for a year. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, but for others that have been awake here and seeing this for a long time, it's our job to make sure that we, we don't go, we don't let it get that far.
0: Sure, absolutely, Shay. Well, look, man, I know we're running short here on time, and we're going to have to wrap this up. But real quick before we cut off, why don't you share with the audience real quick where they can find you any any social media or anything you want to share you mentioned your your muscle and fitness article where they can find that perhaps what issue or just go ahead and share all that with the audience here
1: so i'm on instagram at the shay taylor official and then i have a website shaytaylorofficial.com dot com, um, and then you can google all kinds of stuff of articles and things have been published in, in the past so um, there's tons of information out there if anybody really wants to research a, a cripple like me.
0: Hey man, I don't. Hey, I wouldn't call you that. Not at all. Not at all, man. Yeah, you got. Hey, you got the two legs. Hey, there, there. It's there. I, I felt it firsthand. It's there. <laughs> but look, brother. Let me close this out. Just if you can hang on the line for just a second, let me close this out, and we're gonna we're gonna get this wrapped up for today. Is a great show, my man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, appreciate you coming on for the show. Thank you, bro. And listen up, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to close it out. Uh, real quick, make sure that you subscribe to the Substack podcast and blog at brandonrichie.substack.com. Also, make sure that you connect with me directly on Facebook and getter if you you sharing this out is what makes this possible it makes the show possible it gets the voices out we need that alternative media for a number of reasons culturally speaking uh for the for 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 just to to get people the information that they need in order to improve their own lives and their own station in life so guys please share this out and we're going to close it out remember stay strong stay active stay focused have a great day